May 13th. And as we turn our attention now to the New Testament, our reading today will take place in the book of John, chapter 7, verses 31 through 53. And here's what we'll find there. We'll find how the world thinks. Because he was doing the Father's will, Jesus lived on a divine timetable. And so should we. That's the lesson there. The world does not understand this and will give you advice contrary to God's will. Live on God's schedule and you will always have God's help. We'll also see how the world decides. This discussion reveals the confusion and unbelief of the people. Some were for him because of his miracles, while others opposed him because he broke the Sabbath laws. Some waited to see what their leaders would do, and their leaders, of course, wanted to kill him. They were judging by appearances and going astray. And we'll see what the world needs as we read today in John chapter 7. One ritual during the Feast of Tabernacles was the pouring out of water in the temple. It was a reminder that God gave Israel water in the wilderness. Water for drinking pictures the Holy Spirit who is given to those who trust Christ. The world is thirsty and can find its thirst quenched only by coming to Christ. Life is a key theme in John's Gospel. He uses the word nearly 50 times. Jesus is the life. The light of life talks about also mentions the bread of life and the fact that he gives the water of life. This is all about life. And of course, Jesus laid down his life so that we, you and I, might have eternal life. And with that, let's begin reading today in the New Testament. May 13th, John chapter 7, verses 31 through 53. Many among the crowds of the temple believed in him, that is Jesus, after all they said. Would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than this man has done? When the Pharisees heard that the crowds were murmuring such things, they and the leading priests sent temple guards to arrest Jesus. But Jesus told them, I will be here a little longer, then I will return to the one who sent me. You will search for me, but not find me and you won't be able to come where I am. The Jewish leaders were puzzled by this statement. Where is he planning to go? they asked. Maybe he is thinking of leaving the country and going to the Jews in other lands, or maybe even to the Gentiles. What does he mean when he says, You will search for me, but not find me, and you won't be able to come where I am? On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, if you are thirsty, come to me. If you believe in me, come and drink. For the scriptures declare that rivers of living water will flow out from within. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. When the crowds heard him say this, some of them declared, This man surely is the prophet. Others said, He is the Messiah. Still others said, But he can't be. Will the Messiah come from Galilee? For the Scriptures clearly state that the Messiah will be born of the royal line of David in Bethlehem, the village where King David was born. So the crowd was divided in their opinion about him. 
and some wanted him arrested, but no one touched him. The temple guards, who had been sent to arrest him, returned to the leading priests and Pharisees. Why didn't you bring him in? they demanded. We have never heard anyone talk like this, the guards responded. Have you been led astray too? the Pharisees mocked. Is there a single one of us rulers or Pharisees who believes in him? These ignorant crowds do, but what do they know about it? A curse on them anyway. Nicodemus, the leader who had met with Jesus earlier, then spoke up. Is it legal to convict a man before he is given a hearing, he asked. They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search the scriptures and see for yourself. No prophet ever comes from Galilee. Then the meeting broke up and everybody went home. Today we're reading Psalm 109, verses 1 through 31. And in this psalm we'll see that when people have lied about you, spoken hatefully to you, and rewarded you evil for good, you would benefit from reading this psalm. When your heart is wounded within, and there's no way to set the record straight, take it to the Lord and tell Him how you feel. Verses 5 through 20 record King David's prayers. He asks God to judge the man who lied about him, and also to judge the man's children. He even asks that the man's ancestors' sins come up before God for judgment, and that the liar reap just what he has sown. In this, we see David with a bit of a vindictive spirit. When you feel that way, give the Lord the opportunity to heal your wounded heart. No matter how God deals with your enemies, be sure you praise Him. And remember, He is long-suffering with sinners, including you. The best way to get rid of an enemy is to leave him or her with the Lord. This floor, these walls, all the stories they were telling, they talk. All the crippled hearts that got up and walked its holy ground. These prayers, these songs, hymns and melodies we sung for so long. All the offerings that Baby, what?
Psalm 109, verses 1 through 31. For the choir director, a psalm of David. O God, whom I praise, don't stand silent and aloof while the wicked slander me and tell lies about me. They're all around me with their hateful words, and they fight against me for no reason. I love them, but they try to destroy me, even as I am praying for them. They return evil for good and hatred for my love. Arrange for an evil person to turn on him. Send an accuser to bring him to trial. When his case is called for judgment, let him be pronounced guilty. Count his prayers as sins. Let his years be few. Let his position be given to someone else. May his children become fatherless, and may his wife become a widow. May his children wander as beggars, May they be evicted from their ruined homes. May creditors seize his entire estate, and strangers take all he has earned. Let no one be kind to him. Let no one pity his fatherless children. May all his offspring die. May his family name be blotted out in a single generation. May the Lord never forget the sins of his ancestors. May his mother's sins never be erased from the record. May these sins always remain before the Lord. But may his name be cut off from human memory, for he refused all kindness to others. He persecuted the poor and needy, and he hounded the brokenhearted to death. He loved to curse others. Now you curse him. He never blessed others. Now don't you bless him. Cursing is as much a part of him as his clothing, or as the water he drinks or the rich food he eats. Now may his curses return and cling to him like clothing. May they be tied around him like a belt. May those curses become the Lord's punishment for my accusers, who are plotting against my life. But deal well with me, O sovereign Lord. For the sake of your own reputation, rescue me, because you are so faithful and good. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is full of pain." I am fading like a shadow at dusk. I am falling like a grasshopper that is brushed aside. 
My knees are weak from fasting, and I am skin and bones. I am an object of mockery to people everywhere. When they see me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Lord, my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let them see that this is your doing, that you yourself have done it, Lord. Then let them curse me if they like, but you will bless me. When they attack me, they will be disgraced. But I, your servant, will go right on rejoicing. Make their humiliation obvious to all. Clothe my accusers with disgrace. But I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising Him to everyone. For He stands beside the needy, ready to save them from those who condemn them. Proverbs 15, verses 5-7 through Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. There is treasure in the house of the godly, but the earnings of the wicked bring trouble. Only the wise can give good advice. Fools cannot do so.